Good morning, everyone. Good to see you here this morning. Good to have some folks joining us on Zoom as well. We welcome you all. We're glad to have this morning our brother Gary Kingsley with us, and he will come now uh, to read the scripture, if you would, brother, and lead us in prayer. Perfect. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all. Uh, Thank be to God who gives us victory over death through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning's scripture reading is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 26, and page 1197, 1197 in the Pew Bibles. Again, 1 Corinthians Verse 15, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 26. The reading today is from the letters of Paul of the resurrection uh, to the church. The risen Christ, our faith. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and in which you stand, by which also you have are saved. If you hold fast that word which I have preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom a greater part remains to be present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then, last of all, he was seen by me also, by one born out in due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. By grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. The risen Christ, our hope. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if, there, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is also empty. Yes, and we found, or we are found false witnesses of God because we have not testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ will perish. 
if in the life only we have hope in Christ, we are all man a most pitiful. But, but now Christ is risen from the dead, and he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruit, afterward, those who are in Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy will be destroyed is death. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, as we humble our hearts and bow our heads before thee, Lord God, before the throne of grace, before a holy God, Lord God, for this reason we are grateful that we come before you the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and you have life and death in your hands, but we know that you are merciful, Lord, and just. And we are thankful for that hope, that hope that is in the risen Christ, our Savior, our faith, our hope, him who prepared a place, even now who is gone to prepare that place. Father, we pray for peace in this world, these are dark times everywhere, violence, hatred. Lord, we know there will be no peace on this earth till the Prince of Peace returns and comes back. Heavenly Father, give us our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses, Lord, and give us a forgiven heart that we may forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation by the devil, but deliver us by all all evil. Lord God, we pray that you comfort the soul in your tender hands of love, mending the broken hearts, healing those that are sick, poor in spirit here today, Lord. Lord, we pray for our missionaries in every continent, in every nation upon this earth. Set an edge around them, Lord. Protect them, Lord. Comfort them in their times of need. There is so much persecution and killing of our people. Be with them, Lord, and let them stand firm in the risen Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I do pray this. Amen. We want to welcome again our brother Gary this morning. The Lord bless, brother, as you open the word. Thank you, Rael. Mm. Let us bow our heads one more time in prayer. Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear and your truth and eyes to see the glory of your Son in the light of the gospel. Lord God, let us be ready and prepared with prepared minds understanding what the scriptures are saying to us in this message today. Holy Spirit, have fellowship with us at this time, and by your power and might heal the brokenhearted and bring the lost soul to the full. 
And Lord, I pray for strength to speak boldly, to speak clearly, Lord, of the risen Christ, our hope, and for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. We okay, uh, Nathan? Uh, the message today is, am I prepared? Preparation is defined as actions or processes of proper planning, making something ready for some occasion like a service or becoming equipped with, for something like a career, a duty, a test, like training for something knowing one is ready for the physical and mental Focus we needed for the challenges of the events ahead. A state of being prepared. My preparation. Well, I must confess, seven days ago, I wasn't prepared to preach a message this Sunday. It usually takes me about three weeks to get something together. Last week, I was sitting in the pew. And my wife opened the wonderful bulletin, our sister Gail puts together and prepares. And she says, did you know that you're preaching next Sunday? <laughs> and my face dropped. And I said, what? <laughs> Lately, I must tell you, I've been misplacing things a lot. I must have put that schedule somewhere. I don't remember where. I guess I'm uh, at the beginning stages of uh, some timers. After my panic, I calmed down, and I later brought my distress in prayer before God. And I was comforted in my spirit, knowing that I gave it to the Lord, and I committed this work to Him. May it be to the Father's glory. So here I am. And here I stand. And that's where I got the topic for the sermon. Am I prepared? In life's preparation, it is important whether one is young, while planning for school, for exams, a job, that we are prepared to have satisfying results. And later, as we get older, we prepare for a career, to make a living, then marriage, and then children, we plan where we're going to reside. Day to day, we prepare what to eat, what to wear, what time to leave. We make reservations at restaurants, where to travel, what hotels. Today, we could prepare for home renovations, projects, or do work around the house. This really scares me. Because my wife, she likes to make long, long lists. After these honey-to-do lists are done, you might want to prepare for a vacation. Oh yes, we humans are busy bodies. In life, spending our time, we are preoccupied, always preparing for something. And tomorrow the list goes on, and the list goes on. 
as we prepare to go to work again, just to make enough to sustain the cost of living. And hopefully there is enough funds left over for retirement. Always wondering, am I prepared? At all times, we are laboring and plowing through the obstacles while preparing ourselves to gain all the things that life has to offer. But not everything is certain, and nothing is guaranteed. Sometimes, even being prepared in our daily lives, we have trials that emerge out of nowhere that can be overwhelming. When health and wealth and other crises come our way, we wonder if we have enough insurance or resources to carry us through. Worrying, am I prepared? Most of the times we are ready for almost anything and always trying to plan for everything to sustain our living here on earth. But are we really prepared for what comes after life in eternity? We're reminded that our lives here on earth is short when death, dark, veil comes and takes a loved one away. These are the times when we stop this busy world around us and ask those deep questions. When will death come knocking at my door? Who is going to be waiting for me? And what is on the other side after dying? As Christians, we are prepared spiritually, but we are ready. But are we ready to meet God? When the fear of death comes, some people even question, is their faith and hope stable and firm in God? Wayne, am I prepared? Yes, in life's preparation, we are always wondering, we're always worrying, and we're always weighing, am I prepared enough? But Proverbs 16, verse 9, reminds us that the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord, the Lord establishes his steps. And as Christians, we ought to say, as the word in James says, if the Lord's will, we shall live and do this and do that. Are you distracted spiritually today? Now, this is about the time in the service when some people in this church are getting distracted, being drawn away from the things of the world. This morning, I wouldn't doubt that there is someone here sitting in the pew who was looking at their phone to know what's happening out there. And most likely there are some here even preparing their minds with one foot out the door thinking of what they're going to be doing when they leave here. We have all been guilty of this on occasions. But if you are convicted of drifting here today, I'm asking you to wake up and draw nigh to God and take heed to open your ears and take this message of being prepared very seriously because God may call your number tomorrow. Ask yourself, are you prepared? I speak that for your own profit, your own benefit. Not that I may cast a snare or catch you doing wrong, but for that which is proper, proper worshiping, and may attend upon the Lord 
without any distraction. Are you foolish in your spiritual preparation? Psalms 53, 1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, and their actions are evil. There is not one who does good. Most people in this secular world today have no faith in the things above, preparing and caring less for the things eternal, and always lusting after the things that are temporal. I call them the foolish preppers with no hope, who say in their prideful heart, we won't live forever. Let us prepare and enjoy life to its fullness. For tomorrow we die. In their careless preparation, the Lord is long-suffering, but is warning you in this message today, if you desire to board that dark train of unbelief, ask yourself, are you prepared to take it all the way to its fatal and final destination? The Bible says in James 4, Come now, who say tomorrow, today and tomorrow, we will go to this city and that city, spend a year there carrying on our business and make a profit. You do not even know what happens tomorrow. For what is your life? You are but a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. What a sobering, sobering thought that our life is but a breath away from disappearing. Are you, are you prepared to die? Hebrews 9.27 says it is appointed for man to die once. The reality of death, a doctor in the third world country was once asked by an educated but unlearned government official visiting a village, what's the death rate around here? And he replied, same as any place else, one death per person. It is estimated that 150,000 people die every day in this world. That's the size of Subray. That roughly 105 people die every minute. That's around the same, close to the same number as here today. And that 150 people died by me explaining these facts to you. Look around. Look around you. Seriously, the people beside you, look around. That person may not be here tomorrow. That's how serious that is. It's a sad, but it's reality. Death is a universal experience that ultimately touches every human being, young and old alike, and has, it is not a respecter of any person. When someone dies, it leaves a profound impact of those who knew the love them, leaving them to carry a load of sorrows and sadness for years to come, always longing for the loved one. In the loss of life, death serves as a reminder in our own destiny, and the clock of time forces us to reflect on our own mortality and how precious life is on this earth. The denial of death. 
The matter that cannot be controlled can only be denied. In today's society, we tend to avoid talking about death, don't we? Our language clearly attempts to soften it, hide, and even deny reality by with, with prayer phrases of the word calling the dead person the departed, or saying that Uncle Joe passed away. And yet, Mom is no longer with us anymore. This is done to avoid the words. The words died and dead. Now, ignoring the facts, we pretend that death never happens by rejoicing, calling the, these events celebrations of life. But all the while knowing that back of our minds, the loved one has died and is no longer with us. How many times have you heard at a funerals someone confidently asserting that the deceased has gone to a better place? I find this ironic. I really do. How people who curse God at the gravesite that they took a, he took a loved one from them, who now are some experts, some religious experts of what happens when you die. Early last year, my son's friend, a young man, was tragically died of fentanyl overdose. And one of his buddies, I know, he's gone to a better place, he said. Gone to a better place. There's a big party going on in hell. Some people even make jokes about it. I once heard my sister-in-law laughing, saying that she reserved her condo in hell. It saddens my heart that these people have no understanding of heaven and hell or what happens when you, they die. But whatever the response is to dying, it has power over everyone, even the people desperately trying to avoid it. Deep inside, they all do fear the unknown and are very aware for certainty the angel of death is coming. Ecclesiastic 9, verse 5 to 6 says this, For the living, the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything done under the sun. This passage suggests that the end of all consciousness on earth and that the dead are no longer aware of what happens in this world. Why do we die? The beginning of death was when Adam and Eve, in their disobedience, rebelled against the trans and transgressed against God. Their first human sin in unbelief, questioning God's word, truth, and authority. They became darkened in their understanding, like so many here today, so many in the world today. In their selfish desires, they earned their penalty because the wages of sin is death. For they believed the lie that they won't die, and from that day forward, all of mankind are living under the shadow of death. 
The results of the fall of men was from God's sustaining grace and spirit, and death became a physical enemy for every living being. But God, but God, in his infinite mercy and compassion, gave us the gift of eternal life through his Son, Jesus Christ, who paid our debt as the hymn we sung, Jesus paid it all on that cross by dying for you and dying for me. For Christians, death is an enemy. But an enemy we need not fear because we have faith in the risen Christ who is our hope. Are you prepared to meet God? Everybody prepares in life, but not everybody prepares to meet God. In Luke 12, verse 16 to 21, let us not be like the rich man who yield plenty in this world and stocked his barns completely for retirement, who in his pride said, my soul, my soul, how satisfied I am. I have lots for many years. Take it easy, eat and drink and be merry. For God said to him that moment, you fool, this night your soul is required of you. Then who will get all these things that you enjoyed and you have prepared? He was taken away. You see, friends, he was too busy preparing for the things that are temporal, the temporal desires of self here on earth and wasn't prepared to meet God above. Everybody's prepared for life, but not everybody's prepared for what a day may bring. We can find ourselves like Ezekiel, Ezekiah, sick unto death, where the Lord told the prophet Isaiah to warn the king, put your house in order, that he was going to die. Today, we get that same warning from doctors that have bad medical news for us that we have no hope. And they tell you, put your house in order. May we never hear those words. But if we do, let us do as Ezekiel and put our head in prayer and weep, asking the Lord for mercy. Lord willing, we may be blessed in healing with extra years like he was. But... If that prayer is unanswered, find comfort in remembering these words from Paul. For me to live is Christ. He is the source of all joy, our reason to live. And to die, he is gain. For he, for we will enjoy him forever in eternity. Everybody prepares for life, but not everybody's prepared their hearts for God. Let's seriously stop. And ask ourselves, am I prepared to meet God? Am I ready to face God on Judgment Day? Remember, everything that we are busy preparing here on earth is temporal and will vanish away. Matthew 6 says that, Do not lay yourself treasures here on earth where moths and rush destroys, where thieves break in and steal, but lay yourself treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, so will your heart be. Where is your heart today? Do you believe Jesus? Trust in God, raised him from the dead, 
Are you sitting in the pew, still on the fence of unbelief? Do you give God a thought preparing your day? Do you thank him for today? Are you blaming him for yesterday's sorrow? Either way, we all are going to face him one day. We cannot escape this meeting. We may miss and we may avoid and may, we may run away from appointments here on earth, but there is an expected appointment in time when we leave everything and everyone behind on earth. There is coming a day we will face this holy and mighty God who created all things, whether you believe him or not. Because in the end, everybody talks to God. Are you prepared to speak to God? One day at, uh, of the, on the day of crucifixions, there was two thieves crucified with Christ that day. One was on the right hand and one was on the left hand. One scoffed and mocked Jesus. If you are Christ, save yourself. And in his selfish ways, he said, us too. But the other one rebuked the rebels, saying, do you not even fear God? Since you are under the same judgment, being remorseful of his sins, he said, we are punished justly, for we are receiving what we our actions deserve. But this man, he has done nothing wrong. Then this criminal who feared God in judgment believed Jesus was the Christ and spoke to the Son of God. When you come, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. The Bible says, seek the Lord while you can find him. He found him, nailed to a cross. Call upon Jesus now while he is near. He is right beside him. Now is the day of salvation. That criminal knew the importance of now. And that day, it was, accept, it was his accepted time to believe Jesus. The other criminal... Well, he rejected Christ's saving grace. And he had a different faith, separated from the Lord in hell. It's never, never too late to speak to God. Prepared to meet your God was the final warning from the Lord prophesied by the prophet Amos in Amos 4:12 in the Old Testament to the people of Israel because they would not repent and return to the ways of the Lord these people had honored God with their lips but their hearts their hearts were far from him God is long suffering full of mercy not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance in Ezekiel 33:11 it says unto them As I live says the Lord God I have no pleasure 
in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn, turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why would you die, he says. His words give a haunting final warning to the unbeliever who has not bowed the knee and confessed Jesus as Lord. Why will you die? Because there is a time, there is a time when it's too late to speak to God. Hebrews 9.27 reminds us, again, it is appointed for man to die once, but after that, it's judgment day. The Bible says in Romans 14.12, says that we will give accounts of our life to God. Believers who confess, acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father will receive eternal salvation and are found to be his sheep. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall not perish. These sheep, believers in Christ, enter eternity in paradise while the goats, unbelievers who reject the Lord's saving grace are to be cast in eternity in hell and have their final, final destination in the lake of fire. The, the rich man in the Bible wasn't prepared. In the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, a wealthy, righteous man lived a life of luxury, while a poor beggar named Lazarus suffered at his gates close by, longing for the scraps from the rich man's table. Eventually, both men died, and Lazarus was carried by the angels to be by Abraham's side in paradise, a place of peace, rest, and joy in eternity. While the rich man found himself in hell, consciously aware of his torment in utter darkness. Far off, far off the rich man pleads with Father Abraham, send Lazarus to ease my suffering from the agony of the fire. I thirst. But Abraham explained that there was a great gulf that divided them, making such help impossible. Desperately, the rich man wailed, asked, Father Abraham, send Lazarus and warn my family on earth. But Abraham insisted that they already have Moses and the prophets to guide them. And the rich man, he persisted, believing that if someone was risen from the dead, his family would repent. But Abraham states that they won't even listen to the scriptures. They already have. They won't be convinced by a man being resurrected from the dead. Jesus teaches us three lessons here. That when death comes knocking at our door, there is only one thing that matters, the resurrection of a man called Jesus. Living a life driven by greed and the lack of love of others is a powerful reminder when we die that on judgment day, 
we will pay for our sins here upon earth. Jesus said in Mark 8, Well, what shall the profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for that soul? In Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment is where the Ancient of Days is seated upon his throne of glory with the great books displayed. The hosts of heaven praise in the slain lamb who is worthy to open the books. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So each one of us will receive what is due for what we have done in the body, whether good or whether evil. Death and hell will deliver up the dead that were in them. Small and great, they will be judged, every poorest person accordingly standing before God. These books will contain and reveal records of everyone's deed done here on earth because the Lord knows everything that we've ever said, done, even thought of, and he knows the intent of the heart that was done in the dark. This will be the fatal and final outcome of the rebellious sinful soul who will be cast in the lake of fire. Then another book, another book will be opened called the book of life in which determines whether a person will inherit an everlasting life, whether where our perishing bodies will be transformed into immortal ones and live forever in the eternal kingdom. Although believers will be held accountable for their actions, they are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, whose name is written in the Lamb book of life from the beginning of creation. But all sinners whose names are not found written in the book of life will be cast in the lake of fire. This is called the second death. Back to earth at this moment. Today we are living in Christ. Be prepared at any time to meet Jesus. The risen Christ, he's coming again. Jesus said in John fourteen three, And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And that where I am, there also you may be. Am I prepared? One day he's coming. The kingdom in heaven, the parable that the Lord said, is like the ten bridemaids who took their lamps to meet the bridegroom. We all know the story. Five were foolish and five were wise. Five were prepared, five were unprepared. No one knows the hour but the Father. The five who were waiting had a bright lamp living for Christ and were filled with the Spirit, being prepared ready. And when the bridegroom came like a thief in the night, they heard the wonderful words, Well done good and faithful servant, enter 
the joy of the Lord. The five who were foolish, living for self, had a plan, calling themselves Christians in the name only, but their hearts, their hearts were far from Christ. They were empty in their spirit, being unprepared, not ready. They missed the trumpet sound. Later, they were crying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And they heard the frightful reply, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Just like the five wise bridemaids, we need to be fully prepared, watching, staying alert, and being ready for the return of Christ, our Savior, any day, any time. No one knows the hour, but oh, what a glorious day that shall be. Today, living in Christ, be prepared at any time to preach Jesus, the risen Christ is our faith. The Apostles Paul speak unto the brethren of the church to stand firm in our faith in Jesus, the risen Christ. And I'll read it again, because this is the gospel. Moreover, brothers and sisters, I declare to you the gospels, which I preach to you, which you have received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I have delivered to you first all that which I have received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by the twelve, and after that he was seen by five hundred brethren at once, then by the apostles, then at last, by me, Paul. We are to be established in the word, ready to preach. Paul told Timothy, be ready to preach the risen Christ. I charge you, therefore, before God, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season to rebuke, rebuke exhort with long-suffering in doctrine, for the time will come, and I believe that we are in that time, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, put on the full armor of God. And we are to be prepared at death to meet Jesus, the risen Christ, our faith, it is written in the word of God, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have entered into hearts of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. The Bible says when we die, will we be absent from the body and we will be, will be present with the Lord. The risen Christ is our hope. In the book of Isaiah, it is written, but your dead shall live together with my dead body. My, shall they arise. Awake, awake and sing, he that dwell in the dust. For the dew 
is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out its dead. This is the Old Testament written a long time ago, speaking here that death is not the end and that the dead will rise again at resurrection day. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone that lives, that believes in me, will never die. The risen Christ, who is our Savior. We sang that hymn, Jesus paid it all. He did, all to him I owe. Romans 6 tells us in verse 23, says that the wages of sin is, is the sting of death. But thanks be to God that he gave us victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that knew no sin. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified us really and forever. One day, he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Now we have victory. Victory in the risen Jesus who destroyed and will destroy the last enemy. Jesus said on John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection of the life and whoever believes in me, if he dies, will live. I will read again the scriptures, that, but now that we read at the beginning, but now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all die, even so as Christ shall all be made alive. But each one to his order, Christ is the first fruit, after those are Christ at his coming. Then came the end, and he delivered the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign. He has put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. He arose. He arose. Christ Jesus arose. I will conclude with these words of Jesus. It is finished. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? We have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen.